Previously on The Deep. With two of their team members now dead, and after discovering two additional corpses in the lab... Sydney, are you alright? I, 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 I don't know. Uh, I, uh, uh, it got clear. It? Yeah, the thing. We went to look at the bodies. Oh, oh my god. The science team decided they should make an attempt to contact anyone at the ocean's surface. So, Joel, you uh, press a few buttons on the touchscreen, and then you uh, lean down into the microphone, and you see this sort of orange blinking arrow that has this triangle surrounding it, and it says, Warning, fiber optic coupling is disconnected. So Tig, Sydney, and Dr. Marisha King began suiting up and readying the sub to exit the lab and go repair the damaged fiber cable. This is their story. At this point, I think you guys are both with your um, with your lights on, waiting on the ocean floor for uh, Dr. Keene to get the sub uh, back into the water and, you know, follow you guys so that she can provide any support you might need. Oh, okay. Dr. Keene, you go over to the controls and you turn them on. You get the overhead crane. It uh, comes to life and it moves the... Same submarine that you guys had used before. Um, back over, it lowers it into the water, and the hatch opens, and you climb on in. Nice. The fiber optic cable had broken before, and you guys had brought one down. Nobody just had bothered to reconnect it because of everything that was going on. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And so I assume that you guys brought that with you. Um, even though you didn't say so, because again, it was, it's only been like five hours since you guys came down here. You know what I mean? Like even the worst of memory characters would probably remember that you came down with some fiber optic cable for this specific purpose. All right. And then our tools, do they have like tethers and stuff? So if we drop them, they don't like sink all the way down to the bottom and all that kind of stuff. 
Why don't you roll me a percentile? Oh. So, uh, first one is a two, one, 21%. Yeah, I'll say that uh, the majority of your hand tools would have uh, tethers on them and stuff. I think also, the only problem that you're going to have, I think, is that they're there might be multiple sizes of like uh, nuts and bolts and things like that. So I do think that you have to have a small toolbox. Like, I don't think that there's a lot of different sizes. I think that there's like three that they use, but you'll still have to kind of change out different, uh, or unless you want to just use all wrenches, that's fine with me too. And then they can just be on tethers. Uh, sure. Okay. It'll just take longer that way then. Okay, dope. Yeah, and while we're uh, waiting for um, the doctor to come down in her submarine, I would just be um, sort of um, going through the ropes of the the stuff on the suit for um, Sydney. Once you get used to these things, are no problem. The worst part's you're already through from getting the the goo in your throat. Yeah, goo in your throat. <laughs> I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to make it sound like that, but that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Keen, you have visual on them. And you guys can see that the submarine is above you with the large floodlights, which are much, much brighter than the LED headlamps that uh, have very, very thick, thick, thick glass over them. So, How many C's? Um, <laughs> 27. That's real thick. Damn, now I gotta count out 27 C's. Hang <laughs> on. <laughs> I love you. So it seems like the, all of the lights that are around this station um, tend to keep the majority of the wildlife away. And so it's mostly just barren, dark wasteland. You know what I mean? Like there's very few uh, deformations until you get much closer to the trench, which is, you know... By submarine, it took you guys a, a decent 20, 30 minutes to get to the trench. So, I mean, on foot, it would be a considerably longer trek. But, I mean, it, it's it's kind of formless. It seems like that would probably be the point of uh, putting the base on the abyssal plane. You know what I mean? Something that's going to be flat and easier to build on. That's fair. And you start to make your your way around the large spherical units that make up the different uh, capsules and things like that. And Tig, have you extensively studied the blueprints on this uh, this thing? I would have gone through them a little bit. I don't know if extensively studied. Like I probably would have done about half of the work that I should have, and then assumed that I would have time once I was down here to like brush up on the rest and kind of learn as I go. Why don't you make me an intelligence roll at a plus two? All right. So um, my intelligence already is not great, and I rolled a 13, and so I failed. All right. So you know that it's up top, obviously, but you're searching around on a bunch of different modules, and Dr. Keen and uh, Sydney, you guys both are noticing that 
the Taig is is wandering from from module to module and sort of investigating a bunch of different things that are going on on top of it, and he'll sort of like look at some sort of a a nozzle or or bolt or something like that, and then shake his head and then continue on. And uh, I don't know what you guys want to do with that information, but he he doesn't seem to really know where he's going. So, do we already know exactly where the cable is? I'm assuming you mean the one that's already up. Uh, I know what it is. I'm just trying to, like, get my bearings on everything else and see where all the connections are and, and everything. And uh, Can I look around and see if I can see where the where, what I'm looking for is? Yeah, why don't you uh, roll wisdom? Okay. That I'm much better at, and I uh, definitely pass, yeah. Oh, there it is right there. So you look over and and you see this uh, sort of frayed end of fiber optic cable um, sticking up in your spotlight um, as you turn around a few times. And that seems to be your your one. How far up past the um, the actual facility is it? Or is it like cut completely and then the rest of the line just came down? No, it's uh it just looks like it's maybe been chomped on or something like that. It it's just damaged. Um and it looks like maybe if you were to just uh cut it off and then splice it with some new cable, you might be able to repair it. Okay. Which actually is kind of lucky because then you that means that you don't have to chase down where the cable might have floated off to. So, honestly, this is probably best case scenario. Looks like something's been chewing on this fucker. Look at that. And I kind of hold the frayed end up towards, um, towards Sydney. Uh, can I tell what kind of creature chewed on it? Um, you can make me an intelligence roll at disadvantage. Oh, at disadvantage. I hate that. I actually passed. It would, it seems like it would be hard to guess, but you think that, uh, that something large and hard must have hit it, not not a creature. You know, like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Damn it, Aubrey. We don't Kim in here today. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> so I'm going to look around and see if any debris may have hit it, and that could be what caused it during the explosion. While she's looking around, I'll also kind of hold up the freight end up towards the light coming from uh, the submarine so that uh, Dr. Keene can see what we found. Are you seeing this, Dr. Keene? Uh, better now. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think did it? Do you think it was some kind of creature or did it just get, did it just get damaged or? While I'm looking around, do I see any debris laying around that might have been what cut the cord? So, you wander around on top of the habitat for a little while and eventually sort of wedged in um, one of the just spaces between where two of the capsules don't exactly come together. Um, It looks like there's a piece of maybe submarine. It's just sort of like some, uh, some red hull. I'm going to kind of point to where I was and say, well, there, it looks like a big piece of red debris over here. 
Maybe it's from the explosion, and that's what damaged the cable. Wasn't Pierce's sub red? Jesus Christ. How did... How did Pierce's sub get from here all the way over there after hitting something like the cable? It's not a whole summary. It's just a piece of metal. You don't think that it's in any way possible that it would have flown that far, no matter how large... Well, I mean, I guess a large enough explosion maybe would do... But, like, there's no way. Because, look, if you hit the cable here, the rest of the sub wouldn't have been able to get where we find it. And if it decompressed over there, this piece wouldn't have been here. Something had to either take it here or there's something going on that we just can't uh, quite figure out. The only way this could have gotten over here is if somebody deliberately brought it over. Do you think something was outside of the submarine when the explosion happened? Could be. Also could be our squid friend that we saw when we first got here. Sometimes they get, uh, you know, curious about things and fuck around with them, but it'd be kind of odd, but not impossible. Weird. Could also be the fuck-off monster thing. It's also true. Did the fuck-off monster thing come from the outside, or was it just... Or was it already... Well, it was in the... Well, at least that's what we thought, but... I, I wouldn't call it contained. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. You know, all this talk about the fuck-off monster thing makes me remember that we need to get this fucking done. And I get back to work on the cable and start to, like, cut off the old damaged pieces and, um, prepare the the other pieces. Roll decks. Yeah, I will assist. Uh, you can have an advantage because you have help. Okay, cool. Okay, that's pass. All right. Yeah, it's going to take a little while, so you guys get to work. Um, Dr. Keen, what are you going to do in the meantime? She's typing out what she f- what we found, so she's definitely making a note of the uh, piece and like the, the approximate dimensions of it and stuff like that. And she wants to try to figure out how, because there's no way I can get close enough to see if there's marks or anything on it. Is there? I don't think I can get us up that close. Mm, you could try. Seems like it would be dangerous, though. Yeah, I, I, she's not interested in putting anyone in any more danger than we're already in. So, Like, you think you could probably use the arm of the sub to maybe pry it free, but at the same time, you're not super trained in doing this. You know what I mean? Like, this is... You can do it, but it's not like you've had more than just, like, the the three months boot camp that they kind of gave you. You know what I mean? Like... Whereas maybe a construction worker who did this every single day for their career might be able to nimbly, you know. If she's not absolutely certain of her ability to do it, she's not going to try it. She's mainly just keeping an eye on them, and she's also got a timer going as to how long they've been out there, because I think it was like an hour or so last time somebody was out in the suits, so she's keeping track of how long they've been out there and watching them and... It's been about 20 minutes. Okay. So she'll say, it's been about 20 minutes. It was about an hour last time. So be aware of that. That's fine. I think I'm getting used to the stuff. I'm starting to feel good and, and uh, kind of like a runner's high. A runner's high? That's... Mm, 
I don't know if I don't know if that's good or not. Um, just keep an eye on it. Will do. Are there any ways? There aren't any like hookups as to where I can monitor their vitals or anything while they're in the suits, right? No, but you can. Um, I think that you have like a tablet that you can monitor how the suits are doing. Okay, that's what she'll be doing then. Okay, so right now um, they're operating at maximum efficiency. Um, if they absolutely had to, they could maybe make an hour and 15 just looking at the data right now, but you still think that the 60 minutes is is prudent. Yeah, all right. We're going to try to keep you under an hour. Sounds good. I think we almost got the bottom part done. After that, we'll just have to secure the top of the cable. As you're working, you feel this slight tremor start to kind of shake the entire habitat of Deepwater Plymouth, and you know that the trench is on a fault line, and and so obviously quakes and things like that are, are not uncommon. But you also know to brace yourself just in case there is a larger one coming. So do you guys want to just hurry up and try and finish what you're doing, or do you want to pause and wait and see if there's a larger quake? Oh, I felt one of them tremors. Fuck it, let's just get this thing fucking done. All right. All right, so you start to work as quickly as you possibly can. For a minute and a half, it's fine. You're having no trouble working on this thing. And then all of a sudden, just everything starts to shake. Why don't you guys both give me a dexterity check at a plus five? Like That's that. a fail. <laughs> okay. Um, mine is a pass. Sydney, you reach out with your hand as fast as you possibly can and you reach out and you grab onto the end of the fiber optic cable that just flings out of Tig's and Tig, you go tumbling down the side of the habitat and you're bouncing on different pieces of it and sort of just going and and it seems as though the habitat is starting to tilt up sideways almost and Sydney, you begin to go with it and you're sort of hanging on to this fiber optic cable, which is kind of the only thing that is preventing you from from falling. Tig, what would you like to do in this situation? Oh, fuck, fuck. Oh, oh, oh fuck. Oh. Uh, and I'm just, like, kind of sliding down the side and can't, like, grab onto anything. Give me a dex. Uh, that's a natural 20, which is a bad thing. <laughs> um, yes, it sure is. So you continue to slide down the side of this, uh, this habitat. And Dr. Keene, I need you to make me a dexterity check because you need to move this submarine because the entire habitat is coming towards you right now. Oh no. That's another natural 20. That collides with the sub, which then collides oh with Sydney, and you all begin to go down the side of this habitat. And Sydney, you can go ahead and make me a dex check. Oh, uh, it's still a pass. 
Okay, so you managed to roll out of the way as the submarine crashes into Deepwater Plymouth. Dr. Keen, you see as spider webs of cracks start to go up the windshield of this submarine as you try and gain control over what you're doing. And Ty, you have now just crashed into the ground and you take four points of damage. Are you still conscious? Yes, I'm still up. You are hurting badly, I would assume, and um, laying on the ground, and it seems like the submarine is coming down towards your direction as well. I use my propulsion. You use the propulsion to sort of jettison your way out of um, there. I need another dex check, Dr. Keen. <laughs> oh, that's a definite pass. That's a, oh, that's a pass. Yay. All right, so you managed to pull this submarine out at the last second and you don't crash into the ground, but you have no idea what is going on on the inside of Deepwater Plymouth as everything seems to be sort of at a 45 degree angle now as the dust is beginning to settle and you're all sort of taking an assessment of what just happened. Sydney, Dr. Kane, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm fine, but there's, there's a lot of cracks on this windshield. You gotta get back to the moon pool. I'm okay. Uh, where are you? Uh, I'm surrounded by dust. I can't see a fucking thing. Um, I'm on the ground. Um, the thing just, uh, everything almost crashed down on me. But, uh, I used the, I used my propulsion to get out of the way. But I can't see a fucking thing. My dive suit took quite a beating too. Ty, you don't think that the moon pool is going to still be operational at this angle. Okay, um, I think we'll need to check the moon pool first before you try to drive that thing in there. It could have possibly been damaged or, or filled all the way up, which would make it pretty much useless. <sighs> okay, um, give me a minute. I'm going to try to locate it and swim up in there. Um, Sydney, see if you can, if the cable's at all, um, uh, salvageable where you're at um oh fuck okay and i'm gonna just start to slowly make my way through the the murky water to try to like find the the moon pool area of the structure and i will try to make my way back to the cable dr keen where are you going to go then yeah she's not going to try to move until she's absolutely certain that she can access the moon pool and uh can i check tig's uh suit um so tyke suit has sustained damage to it it seems like it's operating at 50 percent efficiency um you would estimate that he has maybe 15 minutes maybe more if he can hold his breath for a long time ty just out of curiosity how long can you hold your breath i can hold my breath for roughly about five minutes maybe longer but i've never gone that long because your suit is operating at 50% capacity. I figured. Also got bits of blood floating around in my helmet goo here. Oh, fuck. That, that really sucks. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's not the greatest day I've had in my life. And I'm going to keep looking around for the, the moon pool. So as you go around, you, um, you notice that the supports that... Uh, were holding up the Deepwater Plymouth that had been designed to take sway 
seem to have somehow failed. Sort of just on the one side, which is causing it to be held up on this sort of like 45 degree angle almost. And so the moon pool is is basically resting on the sea floor at this angle. Is the opening um, like open enough to get the sub through or what would look like to, to be an opening wide enough? Yeah, no, it would seem like you could probably still get in there with some careful piloting. You're just wondering how far up the water would go um, so you would even be able to get out of it and whether or not the room is still pressurized. Yeah, I'm going to swim up in there and um, and see. There is just a little bit. Uh, you would estimate like six feet, but, you know, because it's sort of a triangle... Um, but a rounded off one because everything's spherical it, it it diminishes quite quickly you know okay but the the luck would have it that uh the door that uh sort of leads up into everything else is also out of the water because of the angle that uh everything is sort of at okay okay dr Kane, do you want the good news or bad news uh give me the bad news first and then we can come back to the good news uh how good are you driving a sub backwards? Probably not the best. Because that's what you're going to need to do to get in this moon pool in order to get out of it. The, the water is almost all the way up to the ceiling. Um, there's enough pressurized air in there to, to be able to get out, but the hatch where it's at on the sub, we're going to have to pull one hell of a maneuver to get in there. Okay. Okay. Sydney, how's it look with that cable? I think you've uh, gathered it again, um, and you can begin repairs again, but it's going to it's going to take you probably thirty minutes, mind you. It's you're at thirty five minutes, uh, Doctor Keen, on uh, on Sydney's suit, um, so you would estimate that twenty five minutes and no more that she should stay in the water. It would take about a half hour to fix. Uh, you, you don't have time for that. So what do we do? Just leave it? What if I got back up there and helped for a minute? I could at least give you ten minutes of good, uh, good help, and then double back and get up back to the moon pool and help you dock back in. Then that would be the, the last of my air. Tyke, you have about ten minutes of oxygen left. I, I don't think that's a good idea. I know this is something that we have to do, but it's... I think... The risk outweighs it at this point. We can go back and check on everyone else and then make another venture once we know everyone's safe? Yeah. I guess that I'll just stick around here and uh, help talk you through back and in here, Dr. Kane. Okay, Sydney, stop coming back. Alright. It's relatively easy without anything flying at you, um, Sydney. You just kind of <laughs> uh, use the, the propulsion system to sort of move yourself over to the side and then turn it off and let yourself sort of slowly drift down to the bottom and then walk <laughs> over to them. You know what? I, again, like these suits maneuver relatively intuitively once you, uh, once you sort of get used to it. And again, once there isn't giant shit flying at you. And so, um, yeah, you guys make it, um, make it over to the moon pool. Dr. Keen 
how would you like to do this? You still have to back this thing in. She's going to just try and to turn it around and then just little by little. I, I think since you have Sydney and Tig on the radios, I will give you advantage. Go ahead and roll me decks. Oh, that's helpful. Okay. Oh, that that's very helpful. That's a pass. Both of them passed, if that All matters. Right. Nice. You managed to back this thing in ever so slowly. I mean, you are just creeping along. You're in a big submarine going back that thing up. (laughs) (laughs) As you begin to use the propulsion system to move the submarine up, you get the uh, hatch into this air pocket. It sort of makes it a little bit hard for um, Tig and Sydney to maneuver, you know, their large suits around this sub and into the air pocket as well. But as you open up the hatch and you look at this door at the top of the ladder, the keypad next to the door is glowing bright red. The door isn't working. Isn't working? Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. It's, it's glowing bright fucking red. Okay, so it's locked? I'm, I'm assuming I can get from one place in the bay to another. Like, that's... Uh, yeah, why don't you try your passcode? Okay, she'll try the passcode. Nothing happens. Fuck. <laughs> nope, passcode's not working. Alright, um, I go up and I start pressing, um, 8675309. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that does not work. I'm starting to get a little light of breath here. Um, should I just hit the fucking thing? Yeah, fuck it. Or would there be a code written down in the sub somewhere? I don't know. You could try the sub. Does the sub have communication with the main comms room? You could try that. That's that's exactly what you'd like to do. Uh, hey, door's not working, and uh, we're in the we're in the main bay. Tig has been in the suit for too long. You just get static. <sighs> Tig, I can take you out of the suit. We just don't know how much air we have out here. Oh, I got nothing left in here. So yeah, let's let's do it. I'm starting to yeah, this runner's high is worn off. <laughs> it's starting to starting to get kind of suffocating. All right, show. She takes out the suit. God damn it. So you pop off the sides, pull off uh, Tig's helmet. (laughs) Right is right. And then as soon as you get him out of the suit, um, you can begin the purge of it if you want. Um, Obviously, it's still only going to operate at uh, 50% capacity until you get a chance to repair it, but you could theoretically purge it and use it again um, in some time. Uh, You might as well. You never know if we'll need them again. In the meantime, I'll start, like, you know, trying different coats on the panel here. Maybe we'll get lucky. Yeah. Ty, do you have any sort of experience with computers or electronics or anything like that? Nope. Yeah, then you're just going to be kind of futilely doing that for a little while yeah. then. Are you guys going to take Sydney out of her suit? Uh, what do you guys want to do? Do you? What's the plan here? Uh, how much longer does she have? 
Um, Sydney has about 15 minutes. Like I said, you could theoretically push it and go for about another half an hour if uh, you had a good plan, but... But we don't have a good plan. <laughs> Ty, just then, it hits you that there is one other airlock. There's actually another airlock. Where? It's on the top floor. Uh, I think it was right by the, the the robotics lab, which is probably now on the sea floor at a 45 degree angle. Might be sticking out of the mud. Would Sydney be able to get in there through with her suit? You would assume, since I'm since the suit storage is right off of there that airlock as well. Sydney, I think there's a chance you could get there in your suit. Going through that airlock, maybe you'd be able to get back around to let us in through the door this way. Just be careful and don't put yourself in danger. Oh, you mean like right now? How long do you think it would take to get there from here? Five minutes. Not very long. It's just the question of how long it takes you to get into it. If it's not locked down, it won't take you long at all to get into it. If it's locked down, then it's kind of just a wasted trip. That's fair. If this door's locked, the other one's probably locked too. They're not going to only lock one. I've always heard that fortune favors the bold. We know that this one's locked. There's a chance the other one could be not locked. That's fair. And without my suit, I definitely couldn't make it there. And uh, who knows if this sub could even get back out of this moon pool, much less make it over there. We also don't know how long you are going to have air here. So in this situation, you're the only one with a chance to possibly not be in this situation. If I were you, I'd take it. So, I guess I'll go check it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Chris and Dr. Keen, why don't you um, deafen yourselves, please? No. Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling From glen to glen and down the mountainside The summer's gone and all the roses falling It's you must go and I must bide Is Sydney dead? Sydney, um, is not responding If you're trying to contact her, that is no, she isn't. Oh, okay. Marisha is is breathing as little as possible. And I shall hear the soft you tread above me, and all my grave will warmer, sweeter be. Tyke. What? Oh God. I don't know what to say. Dr. Keen, roll intelligence. Pass. You haven't checked the uh, oxygen stores on the sub yet, either. Tig, the oxygen stores on the sub. Oh. Oh, yeah. I forgot about them, too. I'm coming in. 
and I start like wiping off my face to get all the tears out of my eyes and everything as I come in. It doesn't change the fact that we don't know if Sydney is out there or not, but okay, we've got another hour of oxygen here. We, I don't know how much we've got left up there, but I think that we should wait to do this until we're either running out or like we're pretty certain that we're about to run out. I I think I'm going to just rip off that panel and try to hotwire it. Is that a good idea? No, but it's an idea, which is more than anything else we got. I could try it. I am an engineer. Alright, let's do this thing. That's what we're going to try to do. So you uh, snip off the cords on the tools that are connected to the suits and you get to work with removing this panel and it is very hard to do it delicately so instead of making you roll I'm going to ask you how long you want to spend on this so she's going to say about until she gets lightheaded until we get lightheaded and then we're going to go into the sub okay Still breathing as little as possible, conserving oxygen, not talking, not singing, not humming, just, just, and then work, and then. Why don't you roll me intelligence and Tig roll me dex? Please. It's a fail. Mm. I failed too. God damn it. So you're waiting for something, and Sydney, as long as you're working on this, does not contact you in any way, shape, or form. And Tyg, the only thing that you can think of to possibly try is maybe back the sub's airlock into the other airlock and hope that you can create a tight enough seal to maybe get into it. But you guys are down to desperation. You're going to you're going to asphyxiate soon. I guess uh, the only thing left to do is try to Dock the sub with the airlock on the other side and, and just hope it makes a connection. Oh. We, we either suffocate or get liquefied. At least going this way. If the, if the sub decompresses, it'll be quick. And unbelievably painful. Let's do it. All right. And I uh, close the hatch on the back of the sub and climb in. The submarine takes off and the alarms are just going off about the oxygen just alarm bells going off going off going off and these klaxons are just reverberating in your head and you guys are starting to get uh, hypoxic as well and so everything is just getting a little bit dimmer a little bit blurry and so roll me decks um, Tiger, are you piloting, or is it Dr. Keen? Uh, I guess I'll do it. That's Bass. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, even with your tunnel vision, you slowly creep this sub out from this cavern that Deepwater Plymouth makes, and you begin to go up towards the airlock, and... As you get closer, the first thing that you notice is that the keypad is green. Do you see that? It's green. It's green. 
Do you think she got in? Maybe. I don't know why she wouldn't be responding, though. Who knows? Let's just... Let's go. Let's try. (laughs) And I um, carefully now uh, try to dock into this other uh, airlock and... Give me another dex, this time at plus two, because this is not what this is meant for. That's a pass. A pretty healthy <laughs> pass. Oh my god! Much, much healthier than the last pass. <laughs> you slowly connect, and there's a slight jar in the submarine as you bump into it just ever so gently. And you turn off the propellers, and it seems to kind of sit there. And you think you might have a seal. I think we got it. Hurry. You open up the door, and there's sort of this whoosh, and then you open up the second one that would normally bring you out into the sea, and a little bit of water does rush in, and it scares the shit out of you at first, but then you realize that obviously there would have been some in between, and you relax, and you press the keypad, and it opens into deep water Plymouth, and again you're greeted by klaxons and red lights, and everything is off kilter but you close the airlock behind you. Follow our podcast network on Twitter at Time to Die RPG. The Deep is GM'd by Tim Demuse at Ida Grab Your Gun. Colin Tig Ward was played by Chris Riley at Chris Riley LCP. Dr. Marie Shakin was played by Aubrey Gray at Aubrey Gray 1. Sydney Clark was played by Robin Hot at D-I-O-X-I-A-R-I-O. All of these Twitter links and more can be found in the episode description. If you're enjoying the show so far, we would be so grateful if you would rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would also help us immensely if you would tell a friend about us, or just post about us on social media. And if you'd like to hang out and even play tabletop role-playing games with us, we have a Discord link in our episode descriptions, or you can find all of our content at timetodierpg.com. We appreciate you listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the deep.